picture your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under eye bags? Well, imagine they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery, just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minutes. It's, it's the edge you're looking for. Simply put, you'll be blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it, unless of course you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Standing up and speaking out, here's Hal Sparks. Welcome to the show, everybody. Johnny Million is with us this morning. Hey, happy Fantastic. War Day. Yes, it's nice uh, to have you there a couple days in the week. Uh, you know, normally a couple uh, weeks in a row, rather. But it's normally we don't get to have that. But since the world might end, I thought, you know, we might as well get the shows in, get them logged for That's posterior. Right. Jump in. Yeah, yeah. When uh, when the aliens come down and finds what's left of the hard drives that explain our our civilization, um, you know, and the, like, and they find the secret recordings of uh, Donald Trump doing his impersonation of Martin Sheen in the dead zone, going, "The missiles are away." <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, God America. Yeah. Um, well, we're not far from that. Um, Devin, uh, can we play? Well, I may stop it during the middle, but this is the president's statement on the killing of um, Soleimani, the head of the Quds Force for the uh, Iranian government. Here it is. <laughs> Thank you very much and good afternoon. As president, my highest and most solemn duty is the defense of our nation and its citizens. Last night at my direction, the United States military successfully executed a flawless precision strike that killed the number one terrorist anywhere in the world, Qasem Soleimani. Okay, pause. Pause for for a second. Uh, Okay. Wow. Because I'm Soleimani, um, it, calling him the number one terrorist in the world is a, is an obfuscation, and uh, the, and the guy was a coordinator of multiple terrorists. There's no question. Like he worked with militia groups all throughout the Middle East. They were coordinating stuff on behalf of the the Iranian government, medals and all kinds of stuff. But essentially, their goal is not terror as such their goal is to control the middle east this is war for them this is a nation state you could even call this to uh borrow a phrase that people seem to think only applies to the united states these days for some reason uh you could call it iranian imperialism because what they are trying to do is uh take control of other countries in the region and not so they can be free you know shia or sunni countries of their own merit but simply to uh, extend their empire. And he's a part of that. Now, does he engage with terrorists? Does he control terrorists? Does he use them as tools? Absolutely. 
Is he doing it strictly for terrorist reasons? No. He is the military leader of a sovereign nation. And you can say that that sovereign nation doesn't deserve to exist. You can make all kinds of pretenses. But there's a very distinct legal difference between, you know, and this is why I'm bringing this up, between killing a terrorist, a rogue state, non-state actor, you know, depending on if you believe the caliphate is a legit state or not, which I don't, but you know what I'm talking about, um, versus killing a, uh, a cabinet member or a military leader of another country. This is not on par with the killing of the head of ISIS that they got a little bit ago, who, by the way, has already been replaced. Um, and this guy has already been replaced, but they are not on. This is not on par with them at all. This guy has been in the Iranian government since the uh, the fall of the Shah and, you know, or his being deposed and the you know the the revolution that took over he's been integral to this this is a this guy has been a staple in uh, iranian identity this entire time uh a terrorist just wants to wreck the world so they can you know be seen on the other side uh by their favorite their god of choice right or um but the 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 essence of calling him a terrorist right out of the gate is an attempt, I think, to make an end run about uh, around uh, the law. That, you know, that you can't just assassinate the leaders of other countries when they're on foreign soil um, willy nilly like this. And that's and that's why you'll you'll hear a lot of excuses for why now and why this None of them will pan out, by the way. Spoiler alert. But uh, continue, Devin. Plotting Good. imminent and sinister attacks on American diplomats and military personnel. But we caught him in the act. And he was in a car. Him. He was under my leadership. America's policy is unambiguous to terrorists who harm or intend to harm any American. We will find you. We will eliminate you. We will always protect our diplomats, service members, all Americans, and our allies. For years, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and its ruthless Quds Force under Soleimani's leadership has targeted, injured, and murdered hundreds of American civilians and servicemen. The recent attacks on U.S. targets in Iraq including rocket strikes that killed an American and injured four American servicemen very badly, as well as a violent assault on our embassy in Baghdad, were carried out at the direction of Soleimani. Soleimani made the death of innocent people his sick passion, contributing to terrorist plots as far away as New Delhi and London. Today, we remember and honor the victims of Soleimani's many atrocities, and we take comfort in knowing that his reign of terror is over. Soleimani has been perpetrating acts of terror to destabilize the Middle East for the last 20 years. What the United States did yesterday should have been done long ago. A lot of lives would have been saved. Just recently, Soleimani led the brutal repression of protesters in Iran. 
where more than a thousand innocent civilians were tortured and killed by their own government. We took action last night to stop a war. We did not take action to start a war. Mm-hmm. I have deep respect for the Iranian people. They are a remarkable people with an incredible heritage and unlimited potential. We do There's not a reason see for this. regime Put a change. This. I'll, However, I'll the Iranian regime's aggression in the region, including the use of proxy fighters to destabilize its neighbors, must end and it must end now. The future belongs to the people of Iran, those who seek peaceful coexistence and cooperation, not the terrorist warlords who plunder their nation to finance bloodshed abroad. The United States has the best military by far anywhere in the world. We have the best intelligence in the world. If Americans anywhere are threatened, we have now we have the best intelligence of those targets already fully identified. And I am ready and prepared to take whatever action is necessary. And that in particular refers to Iran. Under my leadership, we have destroyed the ISIS territorial caliphate. And recently, American Special Operations Forces killed the terrorist leader known as al-Baghdadi. The world is a safer place without these monsters. America will always pursue the interests of good people, great people, great souls, while seeking peace, harmony, and friendship with all of the nations of the world. Thank you. God bless you. God bless our great military and God bless the United States of America. Thank you very much. Thank you. And then he walks off. Uh, That's uh, okay. A couple of things right out of the gate. Um, Obviously, uh, there were uh, elements of that statement that are meant to, uh, I, I guess, mitigate the damage to uh, the potential for violating international law. Um, the, the, the idea that he was engaged in an imminent plot to harm um, American service people, military, and, and perhaps civilian targets. Um, whether or not that is true, we have no way of knowing. I personally seriously doubt it. Uh, uh, doubt it. Um, it seems to be, you know, the, the stories coming out from the White House is that apparently um, after the Iranian missiles struck the uh, facility and killed the, the American contractor and four uh, Iraqi soldiers, um, but Trump was really angry, apparently, about this. He took it as a personal slap. So uh, in true dictator for dictator uh, sword fight, he... Uh, ordered a strike that ended up being, you know, uh, a, a bombing effect, which led to the um, the Iranians having their uh, militias, their aligned militias come up, showing up as allegedly trying to pre- make people believe they were Iraqi protesters showing up at the em- at the embassy. Um, giving this idea that the Iraqis are sick and tired of the Americans being there and we're going to show them. And those were for the better part. They were Iranians. Uh, Iranian-backed militias or Iraqis sympathetic to the Iranians that were doing that. They lasted a couple of days and they left. But the the essence was is that he was effectively there to do that. Now, he was in Iraq 
when they struck him. He was with uh, a leader of Hezbollah in the same car they were on their way to or from or around the area of the Baghdad airport when the strike was uh, ordered. So this whole, we caught him in the act storyline is very odd. I mean, they, they could have believed he was flying in to give orders or flying out to give orders. I don't know why that's part of it, but anyways, this is, this is the argument that they're going to be, you know, this, this is the pushback you hear in this statement that gives them some wiggle room. Um, the problem is, I mean, there's a multitude of problems here, but the, the biggest one is they are not prepared for the blowback that will come. Trump is emotionally prepared for other people to get killed or harmed and him to retaliate for that in sort of a blood for blood macho t- contest. He, it is clear in his language. It is clear in his attitude. It's clear in him saying stuff like fire and fury to Kim Jong-un. The problem is, is that the attack that will come from Iran from uh, from what I've read and, you know, my estimation on this stuff is it will be it, it, the term is asymmetrical, um, but it will be, I think, what will effectively be a comprehensive attack. And I'll explain it. We got to take a break. When we come back, I'll explain what I mean. Uh, we are live at infotainmentwars.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Web page uh, over there. The the YouTube page. Johnny Million is with me. He's at J Million on Twitter. I'm at Hal Sparks. Use the hashtag HSRPM if you want to talk to us on there, but you can join us in the chat on here and, and, and talk to us there as well. We'll be back right after this. So the holidays are coming. There's office parties, family gatherings, and a lot of pictures of you smiling are on the way. And if your teeth are discolored or coffee stained, or in my case, tea stained more often. Uh, That's a difficult part of the year, but not me, not this year. I'm going to have sparkling, pearly white teeth because I'm holding my fresh box of power swabs. That's right. Uh, You never uh, knew really what uh, white was until you whitened with power swabs. They're clinically proven to whiten an average of two shades in the first five minutes. Five minutes. You've got five minutes to take a better holiday picture, don't you? Power swaps never leave my teeth and gums sore and sensitive like other whitening treatments. You don't have to peel them off afterwards like those strips and all that. It's totally safe and effective on all dental work. And if you're not happy, Power Swaps are back with a 30-day money-back guarantee. You need to try Power Swaps, and you will not believe how much whiter your teeth will be in five minutes. Uh, I got you a great deal. Go to buypowerswabs.com, buypowerswabs.com, and use my code SEXY, S-E-X-Y, all caps, so they know it's from me. And, uh, um, and you get 40% off and an additional $10 off plus a free quick stick. Yeah, that's right. 40% off plus $10 off plus a free quick stick. I'm, they're basically giving him to you for free just because you're using the code word sexy, S-E-X-Y, for me, the OG sexy liberal. Or you can call 1-800-668-1749 and use my code sexy. That's buypowerswabs.com, code Sexy. Visit buypowerswabs.com today. Now let's get back to Hal Sparks Radio Program, Mega Worldwide. Welcome back to the show. So the 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 expectation, I think, with Iran is, and I've heard the language around this that says uh, people saying, quote unquote, we are on a war footing, for example. Um, that That is the phrase, I think, when people don't want to... F- 
say, hey, we're at war now. Um, I will go ahead and say it. We're at war now. We, we have an undeclared war with Iran currently. We killed a military leader of theirs. Um, by the way, who in terms of battle and in terms of life had it coming. The world will not weep in general. And the, I would argue even the majority of the Iranians would not for him. But that's not the concern. The concern is strategically, does, does it make sense now? Does it solve a problem or create a bigger one? And this has been part of a regular escalation that's been going on for the last eight months, especially between Trump and Iran. Um, and technically, ever since we left the, uh, the Iran deal, that there's been this idea that they just got to go. And it also, I think for a lot of people, if you remember when Wesley Clark was running for president um, many, many years ago, uh, 2006 or seven, I think is when he did an interview and he was at the, you know, he had been, he was no, he was at NATO, but he was no longer at the Pentagon. And, but there was somebody there, he still had clearance and someone showed him a strategic document that, you know, was straight out of the, PNAC, the Project for a New American Century, that had this kind of dominoes attitude towards the Middle East, that we're going we're gonna to take out this country, then this country. It's Afghanistan, Iraq, um, uh, Syria, Iran, Qatar, blah, 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 Saudi Arabia. Like it, it had this list of, you know, of seven countries in the Middle East that America was going to obliterate or, or commandeer in this plan. And... The plan largely during the Obama years apparently went on hold and it seems to be back on now because the Syria actions we took um, effectively allowed Russia to take over them. But for the most part, Assad is a secular leader more like Saddam Hussein than he is like Khomeini. And, and their relationship with Iran is more uh, strategic and, and semi-cultural like it, is with, like it would be with Turkey, for example, but not on the same level that, you know, the the uh, Iraqi and Iranian Shia Sunni would would bond, for example. Um, so that being said, the why now and and why this justification for it? Uh, apparently, you know, after the killing of the leader of ISIS, there's been this idea that that was a, you know, it was sort of a good publicity bump. And getting another big target will matter. This is a and this guy is obviously a big target. And the the DOD and the Pentagon have a list of people that they want wiped out. And I will go so far as to say um, that if you're on that list at this point, you're not a low you're not low hanging fruit. You're not a it's not small potatoes. It is not. This is not this kind of generalized, you know, disdain for all things foreign. If you if they're on your list, they're, they're going to spend the resources to get rid of you. It's because you've been at it for a while and they know of you, especially, you know, it's it's kind of like being on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. You're not dealing with um, petty crime and and marginal uh, criminal acts. This is someone who's been a consistent issue and. The DOD and the Pentagon are always going to be, no matter who is president, looking to as hammers, looking for nails, looking for a solution mm -hmm. where they can do their job. Turn me loose. Let me do my job. Right. And 
That's why we have civilian control of the military, because that's the mitigating element of this is that you have civilians going, no, 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 I understand what you want to do, but we're thinking about the long-term effects on the populace. Otherwise, not just the military strategic stuff where, you know, the, the, you know, the most exuberant example uh, of the way is, uh, you know, is the, what are the, I forget was the actor's name is, but the general in spies like us who thought, you know, if we launch the only way an unused weapon is a useless weapon. So, we're going to fake a nuclear launch from Russia just so we can hit them first because we can't first strike. So we'll launch something from their side, that storyline in there. And there are people in the world with that kind of attitude. There are, you know, there were Christians uh, uh, about a, eight years ago that were trying to commandeer a nuclear weapon so they could blow it up under the temple on the mount so that Jesus would come back sooner. Those people exist, right? But the idea is is that the mitigatory uh, arguments of the civilian populace that don't wa- doesn't want to die and doesn't want to kill people randomly and that do want to use it uh, in a way that takes into account the long-term effects or the long-term ramifications or the potential for blowback, which is, by the way, half of what we're in right now. We're, most of our stuff that's going on in the Middle East is rolling levels of blowback um, you know, where an action was taken, we tried to uh, use force to solve it. They react, they had revenge on that. That revenge caused us to have a need for revenge. You have these moments of, of stalemate and peace, but everybody, it usually gives the hardliners more time to just stew over what went down. So in, in terms of the... Uh, this this particular Iranian commander, the DOD is going to want to take this guy out always. I'm sure, uh, like, they've wanted to kill him for, he's been in the, you know, in sort of running the Kuds for 20 years. So for 19 years and 11 months, they've been wanting to do him in. And uh, because of the, sol- the solution they think it brings. And... There is legit argument as to whether or not that would be value at different time, valuable at different times. The difference is with Donald Trump in charge is that is that not that he's even taken on a machismo like answer to this thing where he's like, I'm now, uh, you know, the tough guy. I'm going to roll in and you tell me who needs to go and I'll point him out. You know, I've got my own kill list, that idea, because you know, like, we always heard about Obama, quote unquote, having a kill list. This is that list is the DOD and Pentagon's list. It still exists. It's always existed. It's the it's the military version of a FBI top 10, you know, most wanted list. Sure. Um, It's not. I know it it, like when you when you put a name on it, like kill list, that's what draws people's attention. Not this is this dude's an, an, an imminent threat all the time that he's on the planet, that kind of stuff. And he's always been on their list for that. Trump did not come in and go, tell me who you want dead and I'll, you know, I'll authorize it. I'll go to Congress and we will talk. I'll convince them that this guy's got to go. Right. That's that's the illusion that he gives. What Ultimately, what really happened and what has effectively started part of this ratchet up that's caused all this stuff is that uh, Trump rolled back as soon as he got in office, rolled back Obama's rules for engagement 
uh, rules of engagement in uh, Afghanistan and Iraq in terms of mitigating civilian uh, casualties. There were um, there was this idea that you have, you know, in working with the Iraqis and working with uh, the uh, the Afghans against the Taliban and others, that you had to authorize military strikes and air support for forces that we were training or helping. But at some point, uh, there's going to be civilians in the area. What do we do to keep that number as low as possible if the military action is still necessary? And, you know, in that estimation, that's a that's a battle that's always ongoing. Trump just took the reins off that and said, guys, go do your worst. Fill your boots. You know, make make as big a mess as you want. I don't even need to hear about it. If they're on your list, they got to go. And then when you do it, let me know and I'll pat myself on the back for it. And that's this. That's exactly what happened here again. He can't he didn't. It's fairly obvious that he may have heard this guy's name a couple of times in meetings. But until he read it on that teleprompter, he didn't put it together that that was a person that got killed. He didn't know that guy's name any more than Al Baghdadi sounds like somebody who lives in on, on down there by Wacker. Um, Al, you met Al Baghdadi. <laughs> um, so we, we got to take a break. I'm going to that's oh, this is going to be a problem for this episode I, 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 of the show. I can tell simply because there's such a pile of news. Um, but for the record, it is my opinion, and I don't think I'm alone in this, that we're not on a war footing. We are currently at war because this big dummy Trump wanted to look macho and has pulled a thread that's unraveled something bigger than he's willing to handle. And and I, when we come back, I'll tell you about the asymmetrical warfare attacks we can expect from Iran. And they're not going to be simple. We'll be back. Picture your face in the mirror. You see all those wrinkles around your eyes? How about crow's feet or large under eye bags? Well, imagine they're gone. And I'm not talking about some risky, expensive surgery. Just gone in minutes. It's called Plexiderm, a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, and under eye bags in minute. It's, it's the edge you're looking for. Simply put, you'll be blown away by the results. Plexiderm can give you the confidence you'll need to be yourself out at work or with friends. The best part is Plexiderm goes on clear so nobody knows you're using it, unless of course you tell them, which is sort of bragging. Go to triplexiderm.com and use my code SEXYLIBERAL for 50% off, plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off plus an extra $10 off. This offer is also available by calling 1-800-685-1292 and mentioning code SEXYLIBERAL. Plexiderm is backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today and use the code SEXYLIBERAL at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. Now let's get back with HealthSparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. So um, uh, I think we have a, a, a troll in our midst in the in the chat room who's making the point that and using the language. Um, and this is a quote that Soleimani was a terrorist with blood on his hands. Um, that's the problem with the oversimplification of this. Soleimani was not just a terrorist. Soleimani was a state actor of a sovereign nation, which makes it more complicated. It doesn't mean that he is 
that the killings that he is responsible for have less merit or worth or that he's less of a scumbag, but that it strategically worldwide makes a huge difference when you open the gates and say, we can assassinate the leaders of other countries on foreign soil. There's a there is a uh, if you're the first to cross that line, then it's open season on your people. That's the concern. Not that this guy didn't deserve to die. And and the uh, the irony that we are spending, you know, that Trump is spending so much time sort of patting himself on the back for getting him, quote unquote, as a terrorist and taking him out in the way that he did um, is is the dangerous part. Because there is no point wherein the, you know, these other countries in the world, the Kim Jong-uns of the world, the, if the U.S. sets the standard that you can assassinate the military leads, leaders of another country when they're on foreign soil, then it's fair game for them to kill Pompeo because they can say our sanctions against them kill their people. There, that's a line that holds uh, for a reason. And now every ambassador that we have in a foreign country is in danger. Yep. Now, part now here's here's the here's the issue with um, and you guys probably know this better than most. I don't know if you guys uh, did. I lose audio on you guys. Hold on, Johnny, are you there? Are you? Yes, there you are. Okay, good. It was so quiet. It was just beautiful for a second. Uh, <laughs> the um, the. I mean, there's a there's a couple of fronts where this becomes an issue. Like I said, our 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 ambassadors are in danger. There's uh, the blowback from this. Let me start with this. The expectation is something along the lines of uh, blockades and bombs in the Strait of Hormuz, the uh, a retaliatory af- attack on military service people in. Um, you know, in, in many of the countries that they're, you know, in the UAE or in Qatar or Kuwait or Iraq, um, you know, uh, basically killings of opportunity of American service people. And this, you know, that that's old fashioned warfare in that compared to what they're planning, I believe. And what, you know, a lot of the military people I was reading on. There's a site called Janes.com, which is for like military contractors worldwide. It's like what it's like the it's like the Financial Times of that Lockheed Martin and Boeing and the German, uh, you know, tank makers. They all read that like, oh, somebody this country bought 45 Blackhawk missiles from this country. And and, you know, there's a new order of uh, Javelin missiles that's going through it. You know, those kind of things like it's a it's almost like a sales paper, but it treats it's it's amazingly how amazing how antiseptic they treat warfare over there as a you know just military contractors and and uh, and developers and the like um, talking about the sales and who bought what and and strategically what that means too. It's not simply like a a catalog. It's not the Amazon of of you know of uh, ballistic missiles, but effectively they talk a lot about well if these guys bought those. Well, then those guys aren't going to be want to be without these, you know, and they, you know, expect this country to be looking to buy some defensive laser technology or some, uh, you know, counter weapons for what the, the country next door just purchased. A lot of ratchet up talk. And when it comes to this stuff, they were talking about how quickly this will escalate. 
But the expectation is not, I think from our point of view and most people's point of view, is that there will be these kind of, um, the bombing of the USS Cole, for example. I think that's what people are expecting. And the, the problem is, is that I believe those things will happen and they are a danger. But there will also be sort of semi-coordinated, militia-related, uh, we'll pay for your suicide bombers in a certain area if you guys take out this person or activate this person to shoot this person. And so it basically opens up the world as a battlefield when that happens. So there's, and then the secondary aspect is of course, cyber warfare. The, the Iranians, um, one of the effects of them being sort of trapped and unable to buy sanctions and unable to purchase certain things is that they go like Russia did to the cheapest, most effective forms of warfare. And one of those is cyber warfare. They breached, the Iranian hackers breached a, the controls of a dam in upstate New York. I wanna say last year, it's, uh, it's like maybe end of 2018. They did not go so far as to affect the actual mechanics. They didn't shut it down. Now, uh, keep in mind, we've been engaged in cyber warfare since, uh, I'm fairly certain before the Obama years, but definitely during the Obama administration where that famous hacker thing happened at their uh, one of their nuclear sites where they were allegedly making weapons. They had centrifuges that you could use. Um, and in the, uh, do, uh, Johnny, did you hear this one? I mean, you should, since you're, you know, being in a ACDC cover band. Did you hear the story? <laughs> when did hey, this happen? Uh, this, was, uh, this was during Obama. This was like, I want to say it was 2006. I, I, don't, I won't know the exact date because it's kind of murky. I don't know how much you can trust the actual date of it anyways. But what happened was essentially um, they, there was intelligence that they were making centrifuges that, wherein they could, make, they could make weaponizable uranium for bombs. Um, and hack, uh, U.S. hackers, either directly through the DOD or hired as secondary contractors by us, broke into the, that facility overspun the centrifuges, destroying the equipment, basically like cranked them up until they flew apart. And it's very delicate machinery, so they have to be timed and all this stuff, and it just wrecked it, set them back years. And then before they fried all the computers in the place, all the hard drives, everything, every speaker on every computer played Thunderstruck by ACDC. Holy moly. Yeah. Um, so that the, the hackers had, they all played Thunderstruck all the way through, and then all the computers blew up. I mean, it's right out of a 90s movie to some degree. Totally. Yeah, but that, you know, we have been get engaged in those kind of things with them. Now, we were attacking not a dam of theirs, but a facility we knew or believed to be uh, capable of... Um, of producing weaponizable uh, nuclear material for weapon, you know, for for a missile. S but still, we have been engaged with them in this regard. So they started building a defense around this idea, and, and no, there's no, you know, defense like a good offense, I suppose. And so they started probing around the United States. They have also been uh, in diplomatic exchanges with Russia several times 
And of course, with other with ISIS and Al Qaeda mixed in there as well, because, you know, and whatever tools those guys come up with, they always, you know, they have uh, whatever's left of that. So the issue becomes, are we looking at simply a USS Cole kind of action where we ratchet up into a hot war? Or are we looking at the Iranians at some point shutting down the power grid, uh, pulling an Enron effectively? Um, and, you know, effectively the, you know, going back into that dam's programming and, and shutting off water for periods of time, those kind of things. Um, and I would suspect there will be more of that um, than we might. Uh, and I don't know that they will take credit for all of it. Because this is one of the Russian methodologies that they may absorb. The um, in in the course of causing damage to an an enemy, like Trump's a big fan of gaslighting, right? So do you know do you know where the phrase gaslighting comes from? A movie, I think. That's right. Do you, the plot of the movie was, uh, of course, that um, this guy. It was called the movie's called Gaslight, and the guy uh, was trying to drive his wife crazy so she would, I think, commit suicide. And he would do things uh, that were obviously crazy, and right. then and then she would go, "Why are you doing that?" And he's like, "I didn't do anything. What that are you talking happened. about? That didn't happen. What are you talking? You know?" And and so it was, uh, it was yeah, Ingrid Bergman um, was in it. And yeah, Gregory and Charles Boyer plays that, and uh, she starts just messing with him, and then he just tells her it doesn't exist. That's true gaslighting. I happen to believe that one of the attacks to be uh, expected, and Hal Vickery in our chat room, who's very wise, points out that Gaslight was originally a play, an Italian play, if I'm not mistaken, but there you go. Um, be ready to expect that the uh, gaslighting from Iran and their other state actors. Our expectation has always been that it will have as much of an ego attack as our president. And one of the ways that you can manipulate the international community and retaliate against the United States at the same time is start strategically through, you know, uh, different organizations buying and selling stocks in in weird succession with with burner money um you can uh you can shut down sections of electrical grids you can kill uh power you can poison food supplies and those kind of things and after trump turning off all of our quote annoying regulations there are a lot there's a lot more access unfortunately that's the concerning part i don't want to make everybody paranoid but when too late yeah but when wonky things start happening to the internet or to uh, the power grid or the stock market has a weird fluctuation that doesn't seem to make any sense because, you know, somebody hacks a machine that buys and sells in milliseconds and they have to close the stock market for a day sometime around April. Don't be surprised. That's what this is. And I guess you, uh, you know, you can defend yourself by being aware that these things are going to happen and go, oh, this is an attack, you know, instead of, our system is failing. This doesn't work. The, why are the, 
why is my local government and my local power company so terrible as to can't keep the lights on? Understand that there's there may be other things at play. And that dissatisfaction aspect, and it won't just be here. It'll be in, you know, our allies in Europe, whatever, you know, targets of opportunity, m moments like the Charlie Hebdo shooting, those kind of things will also go up, I believe. Um, so we got to take a break. When we come back, um, um, I want to dig into the chat a little bit because there's a bunch of comments that everybody's making that uh, are worth uh, um, going through as well. Um, but I, I expect in that asymmetrical warfare from Iran, some gaslighting because they learned it from Trump and Russia. You're, you're being led around by the nose, folks. Watch out for those sock puppet accounts, too. We'll be back. A lot of pictures of you smiling are on the way. And if your teeth are discolored or coffee stained, or in my case, tea stained more often, uh, that's a difficult part of the year. But not me, not these year. I'm going to have sparkling, pearly white teeth because I'm holding my fresh box of power swabs. That's right. Uh, you never... Uh, knew really what uh, white was until you whitened with power swabs. They're clinically proven to whiten an average of two shades in the first five minutes. Five minutes. You've got five minutes to take a better holiday picture, don't you? Power swabs never leave my teeth and gums sore and sensitive like other whitening treatments. You don't have to peel them off afterwards like those strips and all that. It's totally safe and effective on all dental work. And if you're not happy, Power Swabs are back with a 30-day money-back guarantee. You need to try Power Swabs, and you will not believe how much whiter your teeth will be in five minutes. Uh, I got you a great deal. Go to buypowerswabs.com, buypowerswabs.com, and use my code SEXY, S-E-X-Y, all caps, so they know it's from me. And, uh, um, and you get 40% off and an additional $10 off plus a free quick stick. Yeah, that's right. 40% off plus $10 off plus a free quick stick. I'm, they're basically giving him to you for free just because you're using the code word sexy, S-E-X-Y, for me, the OG sexy liberal. Or you can call 1-800-668-1749 and use my code sexy. That's buypowerswabs.com, code sexy. Visit buypowerswabs.com today. Welcome back to the Hal Sparks radio program, Mega Worldwide. It's now time for the happy ending. Yay! Yay! If there can be one. The, you, know, the, you know, I gotta say, the, the happy ending is always when we have more callers. Uh, even when they're, uh, you know, they've been hanging on for a long time and they might be a little surly. So, who do we have, Tevin? Next we have Robert out in Florida. Oh, hey. Right on. Hey, Robert. Welcome. He, uh, he lost his life. He went to a place that maybe, you know, he shouldn't have been. Who knows, you know? But uh, so mm -hmm. that, 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 that legitimized uh, the attack on, uh, you know, whatever, the, Russian, the Iranian guy and then the Iranian guy. The, I don't even know what order it's in anymore. But, uh, you know, this is all just too convenient. It all fixed, it checks all the boxes here. You got Donald Trump who gets to tell all the evangelicals who are breaking away saying, hey, look, I'm, I'm here with you and, uh, you know, getting Jesus and you together. You know, with the Armageddon, and, and uh, you know, and then he's right. got Russia who gets to sell more oil because now oil is, uh, just jumped up to eight percent yesterday on the on the market, and so yep. he gets the cash in. And Saudi Arabia. That's why the Saudis and the Russians deal. are for it, right? Yeah, the Saudis just get their arch nemesis. It's not our nemesis. It's a Saudi Arabia's nemesis. You know, it's not our problem. Yeah, Iran is not. That's right. You know, so we, you know we're getting played all over the place over here, and it it sucks. You know, I mean the best. Sure. For all this, is what you, you touched on is 
Well, alternative fuels, and we, 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 we stopped the charade. I'll let someone else talk. Yep. I love you. Ciao. I appreciate that. Thanks, Robert. Have a great week, and Happy New Year. Um, yeah, let's grab somebody else real quick. Next, we have David out in San Francisco. Cool. Hey, David, oh, welcome howdy back. Hell and, howdy, Hal and Johnny. Uh, yeah, as hey, David. In uh, just uh, about an hour or so, we're going to have a demonstration, uh, anti-war demonstration down at uh, Fifth and Market, uh, at the cable car turnaround on Market. Oh, there you go. And um, right. I, uh, I'm glad that uh, yeah, Robert from Florida referred to... Uh, the Saudi uh, role in this. You remember a few months mm -hmm. ago, there was a big economic summit, and Mr. Bonesaw, Putin walks in the room and gives this high five with Mr. Bonesaw. Yep. Well, they should be enemies. You know, ISIS was created by the Saudi Arabians to, uh, to basically steal the oil throughout the Middle East, and uh, mm -hmm. Putin is actually uh, helping crush ISIS, but for some strange reason, they're in an alliance, and that alliance was well. Because once you're done, once you once the job is done, you got to broom those people out. They're useful idiots. I mean, that is the key point of how Putin operates, and which should make Donald Trump very afraid. Is that you're useful? You're useful till Putin, until you aren't, and then when you aren't, you are gone. Right, right. Well, in this case, uh, the uh, keeping oil prices high is a big part of it, and getting us, uh, getting America to pay for a war uh, to basically keep the competitors, the oil competitors, out of the market. So Venezuela has got the biggest pool of oil in South America, and they can't mm -hmm. sell it. And they can't sell it solely because Trump right. is a, an ally with both uh, Mr. Bonesaw and, and Putin. And they just want to keep right. that. It's, if supply and demand was the real issue, if Trump was a real conservative, then he would love competition. But he doesn't like mm -hmm. competition. He wants to crush the competition. And Venezuela and Iran are big pools of oil that uh, the Saudis and the Russians don't want on the market. So... Robert's right. We've right. got to go to solar. we got to go to wind power. we got to uh, avoid using oil and gas. And, you know, for and, uh, and, I, and I will say this. Uh, uh, you, we're going to be looking at nuclear kids. We're going to be looking at thorium reactors at best. You guys remember I brought this up, what, three years ago before uh, Yang mentioned it at the Democratic debate last time? Um, that's going to be a part of it. One of the reasons why France is, uh, you know, 80% uh, of their uh, energy comes from renewables. That one, that's because they consider nuclear to be a renewable because the Earth reconsumes it. Um, but, yeah, well, once I, you I'm get away from... Nuclear, yeah. we're not mature enough for it, so, uh, you know, that's... Well, that's because, that's, and, and again, that's largely because of the uranium, you know, we, we created uranium reactors because we were using them to make weapons at the same time. You can make non-weaponizable, you know, or lower waste producing reactors, but we wanted them to produce waste because we were effectively using them as reactors, uh, as uh, as factories for weapons. If you, if that's not your goal, um, they're a lot less dangerous. But I, you know, I understand the people's um, reaction to that, but that's largely because we aligned them so heavily with nuclear weapons that we wanted that Chernobyl was effectively the, you know, the cooking pot for a poison we were making elsewhere and, and, you know, and the like. So yeah, uh, totally agree. And the maturity level, I don't know that we're mature enough for coal and oil apparently. So that's oh, hard to say. Not. Um, Hardly yeah. enough for glass. Appreciate it. 
Good yeah, night. that's right. Appreciate it. Thank you. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get, we'll try and get one more caller before we get uh, out. I think because I think we got one more on there. And next we have Mo out in case? Chicago. Cool. Hey Mo. All right. Um, all of uh, all the Democrats, and apparently, so far, all of you progressives keep on saying the world is a better place because we got rid of Sulaimani. Is that his name? No, I didn't say that. No. You didn't. No. Oh, all right. And I, as a matter of fact, I don't see a lot of people actually saying that. I think a lot of people are saying no one is sad that he's dead. That's a huge difference. Well, I don't know. I heard some Democrats saying the world being better because he's killed is is, is strategically the opposite of what everybody's saying. All right, I'd like to make my statement. For those who are saying, well, start start off with your statements, not what you say. I'm saying. Then you'll it'll be a little easier next time. Go ahead. I'm going to drop you. I'm dropping you. There are a lot of Democrats saying they preface their criticism of Trump by saying the world is a better place with salami, uh, salami gone. Um, okay. Yeah, how many people did he kill? So supposedly illegitimately, two thousand, twenty thousand. So here's my question: The United States conducted. Uh, an aggressive war, which was proven to be uh, not justified, against uh, Iraq. How many people did we kill there? Uh, many times, what uh, Soleimani killed. Therefore, I, I, I would the question I would address those who are saying that the world is better off without him. Um, would they say the same about the American president who have been conducting these aggressive wars? Um, well, I think there's a, there's a distinction between the, the two insofar as a representative government leader, for example, like a, an elected president, represents the will of the people, uh, or at least a consensus therein. Um, and the and yet there was enough Americans who were pushing back against this. So it would dip, they would have an argument against it. So the messy part of democracy means that we are all culpable and in and to some degree responsible for when those activities are curtailed. In which is very different from a theological system wherein a, you know one tribe is killing another tribe, and we have made a decision to in, put ourselves in the middle. Of, of tribal killings and try to mitigate the death in there at some point or another. That, I mean, there's a lot more in there than, than, somebody, than somebody. I'm just saying these, you're, these are apples and oranges in that regard. And I don't think anybody's making light of going to war or whether or not to go to war and saying that there's a, a direct moral equivalency in this, in this act. Are you insisting then, by the way, that any general who makes an order um, in, in a war that, uh, you know, f- uh, following the orders of, of where the electorate decides to elect somebody like Donald Trump, who puts us in a situation where he's going to call for this kind of action, is any general that follows, a, uh, you know, an order from above, is that person, again, um, equally culpable to this guy, who actively is part of his asymmetrical warfare in the Middle East, chose to work with specific groups of terrorists to attack even amongst those groups themselves, and do things like suicide bombings and, and the like there. Is is that a moral equivalence? Is that where you're coming from on this? Uh, when Nazi Germany 
started war. It was the recognized government of, uh, of Germany. The United States ha- ha- had diplomatic relations with it. We did not say, we will not recognize you because you're not been... Incidentally, Hitler was, <laughs> Hitler was elected by a plurality of 44%. Uh, but in any mm-hmm. case, uh, uh, despite the fact that we had recognized the Nazi government before the war, when the war was over, we um, put uh, not only the, uh, the Nazis, like Goering, who mm-hmm. escaped... Uh, by committing suicide, Punishment. Uh, but also the gen- we put the generals on trial at Nuremberg. We held them responsible, right. and the, yep. a principle a principle emerged uh, there and in the trial of um, uh, that mass murderer that the Israelis captured, um, Eichmann. Well, uh, if you're using that analogy, and we're running out of time, but uh, to to tighten up that analogy where you're going for it, whatever. We did not try any. We did not try any of the Polish. Oh no, we didn't try any of the Polish or French who attacked the Germans once they had been attacked or perceived as being attacked, or any of the Czechoslovakians that side with the Germans. We also, we also, no, no, no. There's a difference between that nation state fighting back. No, you're using this analogy. It has to work. I, but I appreciate the call. Thanks very much. But the. But using a, a World War II analogy, which is uh, clean by most people's uh, estimation of what it means to be a war between other countries, then, the, then quite frankly, the Iranian leader in another foreign country had it coming. You're actually arguing for the U.S. action to get rid of this guy as an allied strike. We're allied with Iraq against the Iranian, uh, you know, who was in, causing trouble in this country, much like in France, the English and the Americans killed Germans that had been in that country. That's a, you know, you're making it, the argument ends up being justifiable. It's, it, I, I, it's, an, it's a Gordian knot of argument, but it, it falls back on itself very poorly. I appreciate the call, though. Um, call earlier next time. We'll have a longer conversation. Um, thanks, you guys, for listening. Thank you, Johnny Million, for being with us. Um, right we'll, see you ne- we'll, we'll see you next week if the, uh, you, if the Internet still works um, <laughs> in the world. Um, uh, take care of yourselves, take care of somebody else and don't be led around by the nose guys take a breath every time you see a story about this and understand that there's a lot of languaging and shaping going to be used by everybody, us, the Iranians, the Russians the, um, the you know, everybody's going to be protecting their angle or, or showing off how honest they are by, you know, by thinking that they're being honest when they're being hyperbolic, you got to pay attention Take a step back and make sure you're not being led around. Again, if they give you the number, ask for the percentage. If they ask for the percent, if they give you the percentage, ask for the number. Pay attention. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much. Thanks, Devin. Thanks to all the callers. We'll see you guys next week. Stick around for the post show after this, uh, or, or listen to Dick Hay if you're on the radio. Cheers, and we'll see you next time. Hey, this is Frangela, and we host the Final Word with Frangela and Idiot of the Week podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll love our show, where every week we talk about real news, real funny. So come on over and listen to the Final Word with Frangela and find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.